Hello, my friend. Before we get into the Hairstylist Rising podcast, I have to tell you a secret. I just launched a brand new podcast called The Visionary Rising. You are going to love this new podcast if you're ready for beyond the basics marketing, business, mindset, and visibility for creative entrepreneurs, including hairstylists, educators, coaches, photographers, and online business owners. And Hairstylist Rising will remain a place where you can listen in on conversations with industry leaders, whereas the actual marketing and mindset lessons from yours truly will mostly exist over on the new show. So make sure you go follow wherever you're listening to this podcast. The Visionary Rising was born because I realized that although we come from similar backgrounds in terms of a lot of us being hairstylists, we need to stop seeing ourselves just as our job description, and start seeing ourselves for who we truly are. In my community, I realize the thing we have in common isn't just the beauty industry. It's that we are visionaries, we are creatives with heart, we have so much purpose and a burning desire to make a huge impact. We want to build businesses that give us the lifestyles that we dream about and also start a ripple effect for our clients and communities. Now, here's the fun thing. I've actually created a bunch of bonus content for you, and all you have to do is hit subscribe on the Visionary Rising podcast over on your favorite podcast player and leave a rating so I can see what you think. Then just send me a DM and DM me a screenshot over on Instagram on the brand new page, The Visionary Rising, and we'll send your bonus goodies over. I am so excited for you to listen into this new show. We have just dropped three incredible episodes to celebrate our launch. So pause this, go check out The Visionary Rising, and we can get into today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. In this episode, we are going to be diving into a really interesting concept that could totally revolutionize the way that you create content behind the chair. Now, whether you are struggling to capture quality photos and keep up with the day-to-day in the salon, or you are looking to pivot your niche and you're really in need of some quality marketing material, today I'm joined by Vivian Johns from the Hairdresser Social Club, who is an industry expert and seasoned hairstylist. She is a former salon owner of 18 years, and I know that you're going to absolutely adore her. She's going to introduce us to both content days and what she calls share the love days. So whether you are a salon owner with a team or an independent stylist, this is an episode that you do not want to miss. Some of the key things that we're going to dive into are how to introduce content days, particularly for salon owners, how you can use this to really make sure you're able to showcase your team and grow their businesses and grow your business through that. We're going to talk about using models versus influencers. We're going to talk about the power of people who maybe aren't influencers, but have influence in your local area. Diving a little bit into styled shoots for stylists, crafting your brand identity, which is something that really permeates every aspect of content creation and marketing as a hairstylist. We're going to talk about balancing the client experience and making sure that you're not taking away from what someone's actually paying for in order to market your business. And then we're going to talk about some win-win collaboration ideas that can really help you to grow and thrive behind the chair. 
I can't wait to break this down because Content Days really do offer a really exciting approach to content creation, helps you get really strategic with your marketing. So let's dive into it. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I am Vivian and I from the Hairdresser Social Club are going to be talking about content days and how you can utilize them in your business to, I think we can both agree, take the pressure off of always having to be creating and capturing if that's something that stresses you out behind the chair. So welcome back, Vivian. I'm so excited to have you. For anyone who hasn't listened to your last episode on the show, which I'm going to link in the show notes, would you mind just giving a quick intro, letting us know your journey in the beauty industry and what you do today. Of course. Hello, Jodie. Thank you so much for having me back. I literally love everything that you do. I'm a huge fan of yours. So thank you so much for having me. So I am the founder of the Hairdressers Social Club and I teach hair and beauty professionals how to use Instagram and how to create content that connects them to new clients. But I'm actually a hairdresser I was a hairdresser for 26 years and a salon owner for 18 of those years. So I know what it's like to work with the team and try and get your team on board with social media. I left my salon to do this full time in 2020, just after the lockdowns. I, when I went back, I just felt like I had a new calling and it was to work with people to help them to understand social media better. And I do that full time now as my job. And I have a team of educators who go out into salons around the UK and Ireland and further afield if people wanted us to go. And we work with salon owners and stylists all the time to show them easy, fun ways to create content to just take the overwhelm out of it, Jodie. I love that. And the feeling is mutual. I'm such a huge fan of yours. And you and I actually connected early on because we have so many similar views about the way (laughs) that we can use it and taking the pressure off and just creating that overwhelm free experience because it doesn't have to be super hard. So I have an immense amount of respect for what you're doing. And I just adore you as a person. First of all, let's break down what is a content day behind the chair? So I use, or at least let's, if I rewind back, right, to when I was a salon owner, I had all of the excuses from your salon team and anybody listening to this, these excuses, because this is what happens. I'd say, why didn't you get a picture of that? Oh, it's because my screen is broken or my storage is full or my battery's dead or I forgot or I was too busy or my next client was waiting or my phone doesn't take good pictures or videos or all of that stuff, right? Also, salons are busy. 
they are busy. And I was a behind the chair stylist as well. So I didn't right. get pictures or videos of every single person. Like I didn't. I'd forget. Right. My client might not want me to. All of There's loads of different reasons why I didn't get them. So right. I just was sick of hearing the excuses <laughs> over and over again. And I decided mm-hmm. to... I blended a content day with something that we called in our salon a share the love day. Okay. So a share the love day was we would do it once every three months. And what we would do is we would share our knowledge and things that we had learned and things that we had picked up. So somebody might have gone away on a course and we would use the share the love day for them to come back and teach everybody what they learned on the course. Or we would, when you're a busy stylist and you're all behind the chair and there's that one stylist and they just do the best brush out waves and you say to them, one day I want you to show me what you do, right? So we would use share the love days for that kind of thing. So we would say, right, on the share the love day, I would might go to that, that other stylist and say, will you show me your brushed out waves? And that stylist might say to me, will you show me how you diffuse curls properly? And we would share the love right? So that's how we as a team worked. So when I started to try and bring social media into this, I thought I'm going to take a little bit of the pressure off of the salon floor and start doing share the love days stroke content days. So what we would do is we would use our share the love days where we would get lots and lots of clients or models in And we would show each other these techniques or we would try something that maybe we'd seen online and we'd think, I'd love to try that on somebody, but none of my clients want gray hair or whatever. And and we would actually start to film the processes and create loads and loads of content. And that's when I realized content days are actually a brilliant way of taking the pressure off the busy salon team to create content every single day with your clients and you can get a little bit more control over it as well so we did a mixture of share the love days and content days I would do a content day with a new stylist so somebody like a new starter because Mm -hmm. I wanted to build up some content around this new person because it's a bit like chicken and the egg isn't it like how do we get exactly this is it like we how do we get clients in for them without uh, being able to post pictures of their work or videos of their work so needed the content to get the clients but if we didn't have the clients we couldn't get the content so what we would do (laughs) so what we would do with all new starters is a content day and I would ask them to get three models in and I would want them to show me their best work show me what they're going to do and I would use that those days for content for them if somebody had a really quiet day sometimes you get those weird days don't you where you're like you haven't got anybody in after one o'clock next Friday mm-hmm. and you look at it getting closer to Friday I think let's make that like a con let's do some content and I would advertise the space out on our social media for a model I and that's, that. how, that's content days really and you know what I love about this too is whenever, obviously you talk a lot about brand building and all of that kind of thing. And one of the questions that stylists, I think, come up against most often, one of the challenges is they're like, I really want to pivot into a specific niche. I really want to focus on attracting more of this. 
but say only 15% of my clientele right now gets this particular service that I want to grow. And I yes. think that content days could really shine there as well. And I, I have used these in my business. I used to call them model days and I was kind of an independent stylist at the time. So it's a little bit different. I love this concept of having it being a team building thing, but I think it would work for anyone. Yeah. Um, and I love that because then you can really advertise for models for whatever service you want to grow. If that's something that you're struggling with in terms of your marketing, because with models, like you said, you get more control. And I also just think as a salon owner, this is not to do with content days, but I love that concept of sharing because you're so right. Whenever I've worked in team environments, there's always been, every stylist has something they're uniquely really good at. And that concept of sharing that education and sharing that skill internally, I think that's a really beautiful way to A, highlight the unique skills and talents of your team and B, also have everyone bond together. So I just love that from an outside yeah. perspective. Yeah, for sure. It, the Share the Love days were really good. They really worked as, and they worked as team training. So it was brilliant because you'd find that we are going off topic a little bit, but it's still the same type of stuff. But you'd find that yeah. it meant that when you have a have an assistant who's you share the assistance as a team, but there's one who's really good at toning. So right. everybody would want that assistant. Like you mm -hmm. can actually take that time to actually work with the assistants and go, this is how I want you to tone. And it's not right. just taught by one person just once at the beginning. It's constantly reinforced the whole way through. So yeah. share the love days. I would highly recommend them to anybody, but content days for everyone they work for a freelance stylist who works on their own because mm -hmm. it means that you can, on a day that you would, you're not working. So it's not salon clients. And I think sometimes when you're trying to create content with salon clients, you can feel like maybe this is like impacting on their actual level of comfort and their level of customer service, yeah. their experience. Like when you've got a camera in their face, like how much does that take away from their actual experience with you? So that can really help doing a content day for a freelance stylist who works alone means that you've got your models they know they're going to be filmed they know they're going to have their picture taken you can set a camera up right in their face the whole time it's not right. a customer <laughs> service they're not paying yeah. you I would always recommend content days are done for free I've yeah. seen people might charge for the product or whatever I would imagine an extensionist with a very expensive product to add into somebody's hair would do the service for free but ask them to pay for the hair hair but, only yeah. yeah yeah I would free where possible I would do it for free because I feel then you've got some kind of leverage to say this is free this is yeah. what I'm doing this is what I expect of you and yeah. it works brilliantly for a freelance stylist because you can also hire somebody in you can get an assistant mm -hmm. in for the day who's just going to hold a camera whereas you might not you know, normally have an assistant this is the thing, right? I love that you brought that up because that's something where, you know, even if you do, if you have an assistant, like I can see in these either share the love days or content days, like that would be a great time to train them on helping you more as well. And I also want to underscore and highlight another thing you said, because I do think that that's something that's really important to consider when you are creating content is you can feel the vibe, right? There are some clients who are excited about 
having their yeah. photo or video at the end. And there are some clients who don't want it. And at the end of the day, yeah. we're creating content to attract clients. If you're impacting the guest experience and losing clients to accommodate that, you're not going to end up further ahead. Yeah, guest experience, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Very you want to control this a little bit more, you know, as well. Yeah. And and even if you try and think about the type of, we, we, we're saying models, aren't we? Get models in. Now, I'm not yeah. actually saying get models. Like we're not looking for like models with a modeling contract. Right. I would be no, no, no. looking for the type of people who represent your client base, who look like your client base, who are maybe a little bit at, like aspirational or inspirational for your clients. But I would definitely look for models who are representative of the, of the clients that you have or the clients that you want. So yeah. don't get too caught up on the word model. No, absolutely. More like hair model yeah. versus, yeah, yeah. <laughs> modeling contract model. I yeah, and that. I think you're right. And that way too, like I, I remember back when I, because I came back from maternity leave in 2014, 2015. Yeah. And that was when I had been away for a few years. I've talked about this on the podcast before. I was working in sales in the beauty industry. And then also I took a lot of time off to have my son because there's not a lot of childcare options where I live. When I came back, the balayage trend and craze had really taken hold a bit. And I was like, I need, I loved it. I wanted to get in on this. So I learned everything I could about the technique. And then I incorporated some model days to really A, hone the craft and then B, create content for it so that I could really grow that area. And it worked really well. And one of the things too that worked amazingly well is one of the models that I worked with ended up being kind of a local influencer. Yeah. And so I would post that it wasn't part of the contract because I also think like influencers, you need to be mindful and actually pay them for the work that they're putting yeah. in. But just as a byproduct, like with me sharing her hair, she had shared a few of the photos and then it ended up being a really great experience for both of us. So yes. there's a lot of opportunity in terms of like when the people, if you do attract people who are like the clients that you're wanting to attract for your model days and they share it, then that's yeah. another, not an expectation to have, but it can be a great byproduct of that as well. Yeah. I love that you mentioned a local influencer because this is something that I really encourage people when they are looking for people for content days. But you can mm -hmm. just use anybody who wants to have their hair done. That's absolutely fine. You're still getting the content. But if you mm -hmm. use somebody who has influence in your area, that's a bit of yeah. a win-win. And exactly how you say, Jodie, if you are expecting a local influencer to post on their page about you, they might and probably will expect you to pay them. And that's a whole other thing, but that of is course. definitely great as well. But what I would start to do as well is start to think about, you don't have to be an influencer to have influence, right? And there's, yeah. there's people in your area who have influence. So that might be somebody at the school gate. That could be somebody mm -hmm. who runs a local um, boutique that everybody knows that this person knows everything about what's stylish and looks good. There could mm -hmm. be somebody that, you know, is, I'm just thinking in my area, there are people in my area who everybody knows as the person who is like the one to go for 
this or that or they yeah. are the brilliant people to get in your chair as a model and set up this influencer contract with them but they probably won't want to be paid they just love that right. you're doing their hair for free there was a lady in our area who was a Pilates teacher and every single one of my clients wanted to get in with this Pilates teacher and she was hard to get in with but like one person would leave her class and she'd advertise a space and everybody in the salon would be saying did you know that so-and-so has it's got a space available and that right. Pilates teacher is the person I want in my chair because yes. I know that the people who follow the Pilates teacher online are local because who who else would follow them they don't they don't know who they are um right if I have pictures of the Pilates teacher that everybody wants to go to in my area on my Instagram, it will turn heads and it will make people go, ah, that's the kind of one I want to go to. So there's a lot, there's a lot to think about with content days and influencer marketing, but it doesn't have to be as scary as it sounds because it does, when you say influencer marketing, it sounds like we have to have these really big contracts set out and we're looking for people with a hundred thousand followers. We're absolutely not. We're looking for people with local influence. And then yeah, they and I would, don't have 100,000 followers uh, and I wouldn't want well, them to. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like in this kind of scenario that we're talking about, more of that like micro influencer would be more effective because if you've for got sure. 100,000 followers, they're not going to be like, I think what maybe people sometimes forget is that if you've got 100,000 followers and it's like, not people in your area and then there's someone in your area who has say like 5,000 followers but they're all local more local people are going to see your content on that micro influencers account because the bigger your account gets typically the lower the engagement rates get exactly and that's just something that's always happened um so I love that and I also want to underscore something you said that I thought was absolutely brilliant where you said that you don't need to be an influencer to have influence And that is absolutely so true. I want to kind of bring up another another kind of thing that I used to do behind the chair as well, because this just kind of sparked my memory. A lot of photographers do styled shoots. So this is something that's really big in the bridal industry. So if you're a bridal stylist, there's a lot of opportunity there in terms of collaboration and getting in on these kind of styled shoots. So basically, if you've never heard of that before, what that is, and I'm not sure if this is something that is done a lot in the UK, so I'd be interested to hear, but where in Canada and in the US, styled shoots are basically when someone, like a photographer and a, and a wedding planner and like a bridal boutique and a stylist and all of these businesses collaborate to create styled and they get a model, typically a model that, you know, um, has some experience with these things and they all basically just collaborate to get content. Yeah. Um, Is that something that is done in the UK as well? Yeah. Yeah. Massively. It's a big thing here as well. Exactly. Exactly. As you say, in the bridal industry, mostly. But I mean, I have done this with, um, with my team to kind of get them to teach them how to run a photo shoot and how to get more editorial looks. And we worked with somebody from um, Falmouth University and they were a a fashion photography student. So we worked with them. So it was a real win-win situation because they got to get content, but they were actually doing it for their their end assessment, I suppose, for their dissertation and stuff. They needed to have a lot of content. We used it for content for our 
social media, but also it gave us some lovely high res pictures and videos. Yes, we need for our websites, don't we? You know, phone phone Um, footage just doesn't cut it on a website. So true. And that's, yeah, that's what I did behind the chair too. Like me and actually it's funny because one of the first things that my friend Nicole and I collaborated on, who is now one of my closest friends and my co-host for the retreats that we're hosting. So it's kind of cool how that was one of our first, the way that we met actually was collaborating on, I think we did a giveaway like back in the day for someone to win for Mother's Day or something like that. Their yeah. hair done, their makeup done, a photo shoot, all of these things. And so I think there's, it's really cool because the side effect is that you actually get to network with other local businesses who yeah. become clients as well. Exactly. So and then you get collab. in front of their audience as well, yeah. don't you? So yeah. they post on their page. They mention you as the hairstylist in the caption. You get in front of their audience and they're most likely to have a local audience, just like you have a local audience, but a local audience that you don't already have. So collaborating on that is a brilliant, brilliant thing to do. So I'd really urge people not to think, oh, I couldn't do a content day because I'm like Mm -hmm. excuses to me. I'm just like, well, let's get rid of all of the excuses and find the way that we can do it. And you can get somebody, you can get somebody, you might not have an assistant, but you could find somebody who will hold your phone for a day for mm-hmm. free hair. You might even offer them free hair. They might be like, yeah, delighted to have a full set of highlights. You can get people to do makeup if you feel like you'd really like it to look like that. You can also yeah. get somebody who's a professional in taking pictures and video content who's new to the mm-hmm. scene just like you are and want to build up their own portfolio. So Content days are brilliant because they they can take the pressure off you behind the chair. But you could actually I, decide to never take another picture in the salon again of your clients I'm talking mm-hmm. about if you mm-hmm. commit to doing content days once a month, once every couple of months. Yeah. And you and I both teach to hair photos shouldn't be the only thing on your feed or hair videos totally. or whatever. So I think yeah. sometimes people overestimate the amount of content they'll need. Because I, I I would imagine that a lot of the stylists who are listening to this, who are taking a lot of content in the salon, I think that if we're all really honest with ourselves, there's probably a lot of content on our phones that we haven't even used or posted. Right? Yeah. So yeah. if it's something that's stressing you out and you're like, oh, I just want to have intentional time, this could be the perfect solution for you. If you're someone who's, oh, I never get the right lighting or angle or yeah. any of those things, like, And this comes up. There's ways that you can learn to combat that, of course. But I do love this idea in terms of like getting intentional content. And you're right. This could be either a replacement, an enhancement, whatever you decide for it to be. Yeah, for sure. What are the ways that you can set yourself up for success in terms of making the most? So say you block out six hours to do this content day or more even or less. What are the top tips that you would give to get the absolute best results from this time you've blocked out? Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly it. Like, I want you to make sure that this six hours is, like, brilliant and means that you have an absolute folder full of brilliant, gorgeous content that you're like, oh, I can take the pressure off now for the next two months or whenever. So Mm -hmm. I I would do the work before the model even comes in the door. 
So the first thing I would do is when I'm looking for a model for a content day, I'd be very specific about what I want. So on my stories on Instagram, I would actually say, I'm looking for a model to have this haircut. And I would show people the pictures that I want done. And I would be very specific in that because I've done it before where I've gone looking for models for free hair. And I get every single Tom, Dick and Harry in the whole of Penzance saying, I'll have free hair. And I'm like, none of them are like, none of them are the type of people that I'm like, I'm not going to do your like short haircut on a guy. Like, that's not what I want. I want a ballet. So I'd be really specific on who you want in and show them the exact haircuts that you want. So firstly, Mm -hmm. I'd do that. I'd ask them to send me a DM with a recent picture of their hair. I just want a really natural, normal selfie. And that way you can decide at this point, is this going to be right for you or not? Like we're going to just weed out some of the time wasters because there's going to be a lot of them. They see the word free and it brings in all the time wasters. We all know this. So we're Mm going to weed them out first. Once we decide on who we would like to see, I would invite them into the salon because mostly they're not going to be clients of your salon already. Now, this did cause a little bit of a problem in the salon when clients apply because the stylists are like, oh my God, like she, what do I do? Because she's a good paying client. And I honestly think, do it. Just go with it, do it. Even if you are going to not be charging them for the color that they'd Mm -hmm. be having in four weeks time or whatever, which they would have paid for. It's such a fun experience for a client that to Mm -hmm. be a model that they love it and it doesn't mean that they'll never pay you again they will so I just um this has come up loads of times and I think that's why I just think to mention it now is because I do remember that being a little bone of contention for some stylists right but it is what it is now some of the models we're not going to use but I think oh they're really good models I'm going to actually start collecting their details so Any models that I didn't use, I always asked them, would it be okay to contact you again in the future? And it meant that I started to build up. So once you've got a list of house models, actually, you can find that you could just go back to them time and time again. And you don't have to keep advertising for models every three months. So you can get Mm. actually a really good little bank of house models. And that works really well. Those house models, if you've got a team of stylists, can come in so handy for your assistants, you know, for your assistants when they can't get a graduated bob and they, they have to do an exam, yes. all of that kind of stuff. It can come in really handy for those afternoons I mentioned earlier that, you know, mm-hmm. whether there's white space. And you might say to somebody, you've still got that white space. Can you just go through the house model list and get somebody in? Because I'd rather you have somebody in and be creating content than not. Right. It can They can yeah. work it out as just like a really brilliant asset to your business to have a group of house models that you can call on at any time to come in obviously you're going to get them in to do their skin test and all of that kind of stuff anyway if you're doing color so I would always invite them into the salon before we do the content day because it's going to take away some of the questions that everybody might have so I'd invite them in 15 minutes like just put them into one of your consultation slots and Mm -hmm. do their skin test but just talk to them about how a content day will run what time you want them to turn up what you want them to wear how you want their makeup to look or not look as the case may Mm -hmm. be because I've had it where a model has come in and 
maybe they're not wearing the right clothes and you just think I can't photograph them in that like a hoodie with a big logo across it or just you just your own vibe so just make that very clear at that point set out your store so to speak it's you need to let the model know what to expect now I had all of this written down so I would give all of the details over to the model and on this form that I would get them to sign to say they understand it is what I expect of them so when what time to turn up what to wear how I wanted their makeup to look or not look as the case may be what I expected from them in terms of I'd let them know that they're having free hair that they yeah we've already agreed that this is what we're going to do to it they don't really get a say in that because they are a model for content so we're going to do that they're not they're not a client in this situation what else would I have on there I would have that I would that this is what I would expect a model to do so I would expect a model to create stories throughout the day of them having their hair done and post to their Instagram I would if they're an influencer and we've got a bit of that going on I would ask them to post onto their grid with their new Mm -hmm. hair this can all be worked out on depending on what it is and who it is and what you're doing but I would always, if it was, if I didn't ask them to post to their grid, I would always ask them to write a five-star review. I really want you to post to your stories while you're in the chair about this, about coming to the salon, about being in the Mm -hmm. salon, having this service done, especially if you're using a content day to promote a new service or a new stylist. I would want them to write a review on whatever your review site is. And that would be agreed beforehand. That's going to happen. Right. So there's with the model contract, it's not obviously a legally binding contract. I'm not, it's not going to, I'm not going to take them to court if they don't. But of course, I yeah. would set it all out and ask them to sign it that they understand. Now I'd set it all out. So it's really obvious, really clear. I'd write down the hashtags I wanted them to use. I'd write down right who they're tagging, the ta- how to tag it, and everything that I expect of them. And that way, we can't have any confusion at the end of it, where right. I'm then feeling like I've spent all this time doing their hair and they didn't do what I wanted from them. Or it's taken away all the confusion on their part, where they think that they're a client in this situation and get a say in what they're having done, because they don't. Yeah. And I think too, like photo release is a really great thing to include in that as well, just so that they're very clear that this is like photos and content that is owned by the salon as a result of them being a model. I think also all of the things that you highlighted are going to allow you to really leverage this opportunity and leverage this day. Because if you're taking time out, you know, the way that both Viv and I approach social media, like you will be attracting clients with this content. You and I both started in this industry before social media and other forms of advertising were expensive and not that effective always. So it's important to think about this as like an investment in your marketing. And it's a really cool one because you get to invest your time and not necessarily your money. So if you're still in that attraction phase or you just like Viv said, want to take the pressure off while you're in the salon. I would recommend that if you're a salon leader, like definitely try this at least once, at least Mm -hmm. once, because I think you'll be blown away. And when I work with salon owners, honestly, 
this is one of the biggest struggles that they have is getting enough content from everyone like to consistently be showcasing all of their stylists. So it could that be a brilliant solution. Yeah, yeah, that was my exact problem, Jody. Like I had 10 stylists, five assistants, and mm-hmm. I would be banging my head against a brick wall, begging them for content. Yeah. I was constantly, as the culture in the salon changed, I it, the salon became a very social media heavy salon. And right. it, But it's when you're trying to implement it and you're trying to get a team who doesn't already yeah. take or make content to, to get on board with it. It can be really hard. And it can be to the point yeah. where a salon owner goes, oh, I just can't be bothered with this anymore. So I blended everything that I needed to do in the salon, which was educate the apprentices and Mm -hmm. make sure that everybody in the salon was working to the same kind of level and standards. And then obviously when somebody go away on a course, I wanted them to come back and share the love, share that with everybody in the team. And before we did share the love days, I wasn't getting the content. Somebody would go on a course that cost us £2,000 or something like that, come back and not tell anybody any of the techniques they learned, not out of selfishness, but just out of don't have time or can't be bothered. But while everybody knows that they're going to have to come back and do a share the love day and show everybody what they learned, they're taking more notes because they're going (laughs) to know they're basically coming back to not re-deliver the class, but to go, I learned this really cool technique on how to use a balayage board. This is what they showed us. So they know that this is going to be happening back in the salon. So they're definitely more like aware to sit and listen and take the notes. It's It really changed everything for us. And I'll tell you what, another thing that was interesting because I, my salon, for people who don't know me, like I live in Penzance in the southwest of England. It's a rural location. It's probably closer to America than it is. It's right far away from London. But because right. when I would apply for awards, like there's some big award categories in 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 the UK. So like the British Hairdressing Business Awards. I would mm-hmm. put our salon, this tiny little salon in the southwest of England in and talk all about in my application the Share the Love Day. We always got finalized. And I really think it was wow. because of that concept. So If you are are the type of salon who is hoping that you could win awards, I think actually doing Share the Love Days, and I used to show the Share the Love Days on our social media as well. So we were creating content from a content day as well, which was like, it's wild when you start thinking about it because every meta content, right? So the content days themselves, the Share the Love Days created more content because clients would watch it. And go, oh, I love that my whole salon get together and do this. That's really good that they yeah. do it. It's more than just getting some pictures and videos for Instagram. There was yeah. so much more box ticking and so much, it brought so much more to the team than just me getting videos and content for Instagram. And, and that's and I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. And I'd imagine too, like I know a lot of salon owners are also using their social media to attract a great team and like-minded yeah. teams with the best will in the world, you're going to need to hire at some point. People move yeah. on, they retire, they, they move, like things happen. And I'd imagine when you're focusing 
on showcasing that culture, which you should always be focusing on, like guest experience, what's going on, all of these things, that you're probably attracting more like-minded stylists when it does come time to hire because they're likely following along on the social media. So I love all this. It's very inspiring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we always had people waiting to come and join the team. We had no trouble hiring because of exactly that, people would look at what we were doing and think, oh, I'd love to get involved in that kind of thing. Yeah. And the longer that I work in this space, and I'm sure this is something that you've noticed as well, is, you know, when stylists are not, and if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, like it, it's still overwhelmed, it, there's nothing wrong with you. Like in terms of social media, I think that the longer I do this, the more I realize that it's sometimes a lot of perfectionism and a lot of self-doubt that's holding stylists back from creating and from doing this marketing and from using this channel. And I think that the way that you've described it today, it's it's a very confidence building way to create and to do all these things. You can get your practice in. It's like any skill for whatever reason our industry has decided that we should all be like from the very beginning, hairstylists have decided that they should all be amazing project creators with absolutely no training or skill building. (laughs) It's like, no, this crazy amount of pressure. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? It would be like saying, oh, you need to be a top-notch Vidal Sassoon level haircutter before you've ever picked up a pair of shears. It's learning the skill. That's what's going to build the confidence. And that's exactly. a combination of education and practice. For sure. Practice will really, really, there's no point in doing the education if you're not going to practice. And if 100%. it's as simple as that, so you've got to, this, the content days are an absolutely brilliant way to practice and make mistakes. And I've done content days where I haven't used any of the content, but I learned a lot. Right. And so did the team. The team learned that maybe doing, trying to do those difficult transitions or whatever for reels. It's just not going to be what they do. They much prefer doing B-roll content. Like I just want people to understand as well, like it doesn't have to be a Steven Spielberg produced video. You don't have to to be perfect. Perfect is an ad. No one wants to be Mm -hmm. advertised to. And as soon as a client or a potential new client sees perfect on their feed, they think, oh, that must be an ad. I don't want to be advertised to. But when we see more raw footage, that looks less mm-hmm. than perfect. People relate to that better. And that's really where content's going. When we're talking about content days, I want you to get out of your head thinking that what we're trying to do here is create loads and loads of perfect content because we're not. We're just trying to create loads and loads of content that will bring the sights and the sounds and the feeling of what it feels like to be your client in the chair. So that could be from the client's perspective. It could be footage, video footage of you working, not necessarily presenting to the camera. You don't even have to look at the camera. We're talking about videos of your space, of you in the space, of your client in the space, of you at the basin with your client pulling foils. So lots and lots of video that doesn't necessarily, you don't even have to use it right now. And you can reuse it over time and time again by new text on the screen, new audio. So content that fills up that you've got in your camera roll, in an album, on your phone, that is content. 
And you can go back to time and time again. It could be anything. It could be of you pulling foils at the basin. And you could be talking Mm -hmm. about text on screen could be the best products to use to maintain your blonde hair. It could be how to wash and shampoo your hair correctly at home. It could be, did you know that we've got the most comfortable basins in the whole of our town? It could be anything. But the video is the same on the background. So whether you do a content day once a month to create content of the actual work you do, or you create, you do a content day once a year just to get that B-roll footage that's of the salon, of everybody at work that you can use over and over again, I would highly recommend that you do it even like Jody said, even if you just do it once. Yeah, honestly, oh, as you were talking, I was, you can't see because there's no video, but I'm literally just <laughs> nodding my head the entire time. I do that when you're talking to Jody. Nodding said it better. <laughs> that is such, I think this is just the perfect place to end off because you've got some really actionable steps that you can apply as a listener, as a behind the chair stylist or salon owner and I, it's funny, actually, I shared this, which it turned out to be quite the controversial post, but it said no, or I booked an appointment because the hairstylist had the fanciest transitions or the trendiest audios <laughs> said no client ever. It's like that kind of stuff can be icing if you like it. It's not necessary. Yeah. Like everything Viv just said, like that is what you want to focus on. If a client can picture themselves in your space, you are half of the way there. So exactly I just love this conversation and we need to make this a more regular thing because I just, yeah. like I said. I've <laughs> been along and be your social media regular guest spot. Bring me in, girl. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for being here. I immensely appreciate your time. Where can my listeners go to find out more about you? So the best place to go and find me is on Instagram at the hairdresser social club. I am on TikTok as well at the hairdresser social club and my website. If you go to my website, I'm always launching something. So there's always a new course or there's always something going on. If you go to www.thehairdresserssocialclub.com, you'll find out what I've got going on right now. Perfect. I will link all of that in the show notes for easy access so that you can head over and check out everything Viv is doing. You're also such a fun person to follow on social media. I just, after someone's listened to this, they know you've got a brilliant personality. You're so smart. You've got such great ideas. Just all of the love. Thank you again. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.